From The Ringer, I'm Tyler R. Times. When I spoke to NFL star Cam Newton in January, his mindset was clear. I want my whole career to be in Charlotte. Cam won't be getting that wish. He was released by the Carolina Panthers in March. Cam is a complex figure, and my interest in him goes far beyond his exuberant smile and transcendent style of play. Cam broke the glass ceiling in American athletics, ascending to a place in the sport that few black quarterbacks have ever reached, making his fall that much more dramatic. Over the past year, I've traveled the country speaking to coaches and teammates, friends and family, reporters, and even briefly to the man himself, trying to unravel the enigma that is Cam Newton. I uncover contradictions at every turn. How can the hardest worker on the team be depicted as a bad leader? And how can a franchise icon with the NFL MVP and Super Bowl appearance on his resume be so abruptly cast aside? The Ringer NFL Show presents The Cam Chronicles. The series premieres Monday, July 13th. Welcome to this week's episode of the JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter. Tommy, we've got a we've got a great conversation in a few minutes with with truthfully one of my one of my favorite players in the league, Patrick Beverly from the Clippers. Uh, he gives us uh, some real gems, honestly, some real just gems. A leg- he's just a legend. He's a legend. He's a guy. He's he's for me now. He's must see TV, almost more than anyone else on that team, which is crazy to say when you think about who's on the Clippers right now and you have a, a one of the best players of all time on that team but every time Pat is on the court he is you can't look away he definitely I, I would say he him and Trez probably have the most personality on that team yep and and Pat's just such a competitor it was a fun time want to get to a couple things before we get to Pat uh one of which is uh the Zion news that uh my teammate Zion will be will be leaving the bubble um to deal with a family issue. So I just, you know, I, I obviously want to, I've reached out to Zion. I told him what I'll, what I'll say on the show. And that's basically like, we're going to do our best to hold it down for him until he gets back whenever that is. Um, but you know, as, as a teammate, he's a family member. So we'll, we'll do our best to, to keep this thing rolling. But you know, we, we obviously, whatever's going on, we, we want the best for him, but it's, it's just, I feel awful for him because, you know, so much of, um, this season has been a, a roller coaster for him, and it, it seemed like he was in such a good place. And so, hopefully, we we get him back here soon. Yeah, for sure. I think you had a question for me regarding Bud Light. Well, <laughs> I have multiple questions for you about your life over the last four days. But the main thing we should we should address the uh, we should address the shotgun first because it seemed to get a lot of attention. So, walk us through the your rationale there, how this happened. Right. So I wasn't randomly shotgunning a Bud Light in an ice bath after practice. That's not the story. So there's a Twitter account called NBA Bubble Watch, and they had been posting different guys' social media posts onto this feed on Twitter. Very helpful account. 
because it basically just curates everything because we don't follow all these guys and it puts it all in one place. Exactly. It puts it all in one place. And I had been following, I, I, I saw it fairly early on. So I'd been following it for a couple of days. We still don't know the identity of, of the person who runs the account, but, uh, the, the prior day I was out on the golf course and I, you know, Josh Hart and I were, you know, having a couple beers and I, I posted a picture next to a water fountain of my open Bud Light next to a water fountain that said, you know, due to safety reasons, you can't drink the water. And I said, you've gave, you've given me no choice option B. Well, then he posts that on his Twitter account and says, JJ, how many retweets for you to shotgun a Bud Light, <laughs> which I haven't shotgunned a beer, <laughs> beer in when was the last time you shotgunned a beer? Probably five years. Okay, for me it was longer than that. I, I would I, I would venture to say maybe my first summer living in Austin, which was like 2013. It's just an aggressive move once you get it's, over a certain age. You just, really have to. I mean, you you had the perfect excuse for it, but you really have to have an excuse. I would argue once you are out of college. In college, you can do it every day, and it's fine. Right. The second you graduate from college it starts to become weird if you're like shotgunning beer. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Flame me, people, if you disagree. But I think it's like 22 is like the cutoff. If I'm having a backyard barbecue during the summer, we have a couple friends over. They bring their kids over. Everybody's hanging out by the pool and the, and, and the grill. And I just start shotgunning beers. <laughs> just shotgun. that's, that's you just be super extra. <laughs> it, it, I think you'd make some people feel uncomfortable. I think so too. So, so you. So anyway, okay, so, so they challenge I, you. Do the, they challenge you to sh- shotgun if you got ten thousand retweets? Or was well, your I idea? said, I said, if you if you can get if you can get ten thousand retweets, then I will shotgun a Bud Light tomorrow. Now, my response to him was a was a reply. It wasn't a retweet with comments. So I'm like, no one's going to actually see this. And he doesn't have that many followers. There's no way this thing is getting to 10,000. Before the end of the night, it had hit 10,500. I'm a man of my word. So yeah, you did. I, uh, I shotgunned a Bud Light. And I didn't want... I, I just wanted to kind of get it over with. So I had done it earlier in the day, right after practice, as I was laying in the ice bath. And I was, I was multitasking. The form was excellent. That, that the, it, it was really a flawless execution. I was kind of... There was a part of me that wanted you to be bad at it so I could make fun of it. <laughs> But it was, it was, it was solid. Per- it, was, it, was it was solid. It was for for you. It was perfect. And we have to talk about Myers Leonard for a second, who did his. Myers was also good, but Myers is a different type of dude. Like he's so big, it doesn't really count, in my yeah. opinion, at least. I could have pulled back about a second or two earlier, but I just wanted. My biggest thing was I was going to drink the whole beer. I wasn't yeah. going to leave any beer in the can. So. I would rather err on that side than err on the side of speed. Whereas I think Myers went and erred on the side of speed speed. because it seems like he had some beer left in there. You also had a better setup. You were in the ice tub. Yours I'm not just, in competition with Myers. Was, I don't. Your, I actually don't know was, why Myers shotgun that beer. Yours was smooth. Myers was cool too, but yours was smooth. It was like I really want to shit on it, but I can't. It was really well I done. Think, I think Myers was just thirsty to shotgun a beer. I think. So that's, what else? What else have you been doing besides golfing and practicing? That that's basically been the gist of it. Although yesterday we had off, which was nice, and so I uh, I, I, I sat by the pool. Uh, it was Dame's thirtieth birthday yesterday, so like basically the entire Blazers team was on one side of the pool, and then and then some of the Pelicans guys were 
were on the other side of the pool with me. Um, chatted with CJ a little bit about his, uh, his CJ McCollum, about his wine venture that he's got going on and then had dinner with some guys and, and went to bed. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit at the end with Pat, but, you know, we're here to play basketball. And when you factor in the bus time and the treatment time and, I mean, you're talking, you know, it's four hours out of your day, you're waking hours, you're, you're at the gym. So it, to me, this has been like, it's almost been nice and normal to be back with your teammates, to be back around your coaches, to be playing basketball again. And the NBA, I tweeted about this the other day, but the NBA has just, they've, they've truly done an amazing job. The amount of work to pull this thing off has been remarkable. Do you feel like, you know, when the games start, games are just a different speed and a different level than any sort of scrimmage or practice. But do you feel like uh, any rust that may have existed with your teammates or whatever it is, it is has worn off or is still there? Like what's the actual basketball like? We've had, we've had some pretty good practices where the, the basketball has been clean. Um, I think the biggest thing is when you don't play actual basketball and you're just in a gym working out, doesn't matter how hard you go in the gym by yourself. Basketball is a five on five game. And so your, your mind and your body have to adjust, uh, to that five on five speed. Cause the five on five speed is, is different. Um, and so that's, I think that's the biggest thing for us. Like you, probably turnovers would be up. And I would imagine for most teams that play fast, like us, they're having a lot of turnovers in practice right now. So just getting to that getting to that normal sort of game speed where it's a rhythm. That's the challenge. And, and look, we have time. We, we have 14 more days till we play our first game. Uh, I don't want to delay this anymore because he's such an awesome guy and, and gave us so much good stuff. So let's get to our conversation with Los Angeles Clipper, Pat Beverly. Pat, thanks for joining us, man. Man, thanks for having me, Jay. For real, appreciate it, brother. I know I told you this in a game uh, earlier this season, but uh, you're a guy that I've had a ton of respect for uh, just in the way you carry yourself, the way you work, how hard you play every night. Um, there's probably people out there that view you sometimes as a villain, which we'll get to, yeah. but, but you're, you're, a, you're like a hero. I mean, the, the way you go about your business and your love of the game and your, your love of competition um, Truly admirable, man. And, uh, I appreciate that. You know, I, I mean it. I mean it. Um, I want to. I want to get caught up a little bit just on the bubble and how this experience is for you. I know a lot of guys are are having different experiences here, but how has it been for you? Never better. And I say that with all the intent of being totally one hundred percent honest. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not a guy who needs a lot of you know extra shit. You know. We curse on you, right? Oh yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's been cool, man. Um, I think for me the idle time is important, you know, getting away from family, getting away from friends, you know. Um, and I'm I have been in, you know, I, I like to stay in tune with myself. I like to call it, you know, um, check the the, the playback the, the 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 tape, look record the tape. And that's I guess looking within yourself, making sure you you're doing everything you need to do to hit your life go, you know, whatever your life go, am I on the road to get to that? And I, you know, if you handle it the right way, anything can be, can be a good thing. All, all about perspective, right? I feel like this, 
is a very unique opportunity for all of us that are inside this bubble because there are literally no distractions. Um, you talk about being away from your family, like when when you're in season and you're home, your heart's being tugged many different ways on yeah, a game right. day, even you know. Um, right. So it's it it can be difficult. Do you think that? Do you think that not having these distractions? is advantageous to certain teams or do you think it just completely levels the playing field? I, I, I think it's all about the person, right? I think it's all about who takes advantage of the necessary idle time that they have, you know, whether it's reading, whether it's, I don't know, working out, but the people who, who stay mentally sharp throughout this whole thing, I think those players on those teams will become, will stay successful, whether it's their game or anything. I mean, you know, so I, that's how I look at it. Do you meditate? Every, every day. Meditate, journal, meditate, <laughs> journal, read. I mean, I mean yeah. man, it's a lot of stuff that people, a lot of people don't know about me. So, you know, I like to kind of stay under the radar, all that type of stuff. But yeah, everything. I read an article where you you have post-it notes all over yeah. your your home. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you got them here too. <laughs> <laughs> And so those are, those are just, I guess, daily reminders of, of just staying focused on your goals. Every, every morning, just want to make sure I'm just checking those boxes. Right. Right. Thoughts become actions. I mean, thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become lifestyle, you know, and, and that's been my whole thing. Just make sure I'm checking the right boxes. And, you know, some days you ain't shooting well, you ain't defending well, you can get your ass cook one night. Some days you want to look past those things, you wake up, you know, but they're, they're there for a reason for that reminder itself right there. When did you, uh, when did you start doing that? Uh, I, I, I felt like I've always done it unconsciously growing up without like knowing I did it. You know, it's always been the thing that, you know, uh, my mom, what do you want? Write it down. You know, it always started stuff like that. And then growing older, I've always seen myself, you know, I want to make a first team all defensive, uh, you know, and then it was like, make your goals bigger. I want defensive player of the year. And then I start seeing that the bigger I make my goals, I start accumulating the, the other small stuff, like first teams and second teams, you know, stuff like that. And, and ever since then, it's just been, you know, just been, been, been keeping them with. I think you mentioned something earlier. You, you said the word lifestyle. And to me, that's the mark of a true professional. Yeah. Is when your, your daily habits your approach to your craft, it's not a matter of like checking boxes. It's just the lifestyle. Like this is who I am on a daily basis. I'm going after this thing and nothing's going to get in, in the way of that. Nothing. And knowing that going after this thing that I'm going at, I'm, I will, and I'm going to go through every different emotion it is to, to have. And after that, I have to be mentally strong and okay with going through all those emotions without disharming myself within it, you know? And that's the important thing. Yeah. So, so, so going after a goal, like the physical act of writing down a goal and holding yourself to that goal, you run the risk of failure. And there's obviously the emotion of fear because failure can, can drive fear. And in this, in the same way that fear can drive you towards success, how do you, how do you cope or how do you manage with failure? So you made, let's say you make a goal, Clippers win a championship and that doesn't happen. Right. How do you, how do you process that? I, I, I flip it, right? 
I quickly understand that failure is a part of it. And that's the beauty of it. Now, now it's like, okay, cool. Just like growing up, just like growing up. I understand if I go down this street right here, I might, I might run into a whole bunch of guys I don't want to run into. No, I don't want to do that. I've done that before. It didn't pan out. It didn't work my way. I failed. <laughs> going, going my way, I failed that way. Let's try another way. Okay, cool. Same thing in the NBA championship. All right. Is it something I did? Could I have done something better? Could I have read more? Could I have got more rest? It's something. It's With failure comes growth, right? The more you fail, the quicker you grow. You know, that's why I like to keep myself in, like, situations where I'm, like, I'm not comfortable. I'm, 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 I'm a little myself, but I don't know if I'm all the way myself. You know, I like to keep myself in that stage because in that stage, I'm able to grow the fastest, you know? Were you comfortable in Europe when you had to go play there? Very. You were comfortable? Very. Away from my family. Were you setting, were you setting goals then? On the mirror. And what was the, goal, what was the goal then? Get to the league? Get to NBA. Big <laughs> letters. Big, huge letters. And that, and that was it. Like, Jay, I'm telling you, you got to understand, like, I went, I went, like, to the Garden of Eden, bro. Like, if you ever walked the walk in Jerusalem, you know, you see where they took Jesus and laid him down. It's a big, when you leave it, it's a big wishing wall, huge wishing wall, 30, 40 feet up. You get, a, get your pen and paper, you write your, your wish down. My only wish was the NBA. I put it in there. These are stories I've, I've never told anyone this, you know, like, you know, it's just my shit, you know, wrote it down. I want to go to the NBA, put it in the wall. I'm in the bubble talking to you now, you know, like, <laughs> shit works. <laughs> yeah. Who are, works. who are you playing for at the time? You were, I assume you were playing in Israel in a, like a Euroleague game? No, no, yeah, it was like a Euro Cup game. I was yeah, played yeah. in Russia, and yeah, I was just playing against the yeah, uh, uh, the, the team Jerusalem actually. Do you acknowledge doubt? Like at any point in time when this is going on, because you, because you and I have known each other for a little over ten years now, and we've had a lot of interactions. And I watch you from afar. I watch you as a competitor, as a peer. There, there's a confidence that you have in the way you carry yourself in your game. And so I'm wondering if you acknowledge that doubt, because that doubt's got to creep in. So you're in Ukraine that first year coming out of Arkansas. Is the doubt driving you? Are you ignoring it? How are you coping with that? I, I'm, I don't think it's doubt at that time. During, during the early time, I think it was more pain. That was my motivation. It was more pain. It was more, uh, <sighs> I'm sick of this world. I mean, I'm sick of this life. I mean, let me put all my energy in basketball. Let me use basketball to escape from everything from uh, at the time, the baby mommy issues, the family issues, the, 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 you know, all that type of shit. I'm going to use this basketball right here to be in Ukraine. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care who I'm with. I don't even care if they speak English. I really don't care if I get paid. I just want to escape from everything back home, you know, and just kind of be normal, bro. You know, and I, and you know, just that come hell. Yeah. Hell yeah. Shit, it, it shit goes down for me. It sits there. I acknowledge it. You feel me? I don't take it away. I acknowledge it. Let it go peacefully right out there. Other here. You ain't got time to know that. ain't got time to be weak. Got to stay strong in this. All right? On and off the court. But does it creep in? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All the time. Do you ever have like what if conversations in your mind where like say you had gone to the league right out of school, how things might have been different for you now? Yeah. All the time. And I'm and I come back to the same answer, like, you know, I'm everything happens for a reason. Right, if I would have, I, I, during the heat, when I got drafted there, uh, should I have made a team? Of course, yes. Was I ready to make a team? Was I a professional then? No. So coming with that, was I ready to have success in Miami? Probably not at the time, you know? 
Like, is that, can that be a cause of destruction later on down the line? You know, am I not in the bubble because of, you know, anything, you know? So was I really mentally? No, you know, and it takes time. Like in, in order to get what you want in life, it's not only the craft, it's the mind, it's the body, it's the, 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 the nourishment, what you're putting in your body, it's what you're putting in your mind. It's like, it's like all of those in one. And then it's like, God, okay, are you ready now? Now I can give you what I, what I need to give you. My message can be clear through you, you know? And that's always been my thing. I had a similar, not a similar experience, but a similar thought process when I look back early on in my career and really just not playing at all my first two years, barely being in the rotation my third year. And the what if game that I always play is like, what if I had got drafted and been handed 25 to 30 minutes a night and a green light? Would I have improved? Would I have gotten better? Would I be the player I am now? Like I always credit, I credit Stan Van Gundy for sitting my ass on the bench. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be in year 14. I wouldn't be in the bubble if Stan hadn't been so hard on me. Think about that. How strong is that though? Think about that. Actually, if you sit back and think the magic in that, like how, how like you experience, like I don't, and I don't give a fuck like who you are as a basketball player, you experience pain, you know, and it comes from time taken away from you. <laughs> I don't care who you are, you right? And for you to experience that pain and years down the line, not even knowing it, right? You know, it becomes beauty that quick. Just, you know, and of course you work hard, you know, and of course, you know, these are things that we're supposed to do. Like we're supposed to work hard and, and, and be professional, but like just the not knowing, right? Just not knowing what's behind this door, what not knowing me sitting on the bench is just going to bring me, just not knowing, not knowing. And then boom, stand with it, stay at the plan, stay at the course, stay with routine. And, and, you know, and look at you now, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't understand this, Jay. You, I, I really don't think you understand, like, growing up, bro, like, the only thing I watched was dude, you know, like, the only thing I watched was Mike Dunleavy, and then he left, and then I was like, man, what's the next? And I seen you, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And, and it was just white dudes coming off these screens, and he was popping his shit, and he was, had attitude, and he didn't give a fuck, and he was, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I come to Santa Monica. I remember this shit like it's yesterday. You I remember know? meeting you too. And these, are, and these are stories that like I've, I've never told. Like I, you know, I can care less about telling anybody. But I come to the gym and I see DeMar DeRozan. You know, he was young. I see Kevin Love. He's young, and I see JJ Reddick. And I'm like, oh shit! I get to work out and shit with JJ Reddick. You know, the craziest thing in the world. I come to the NBA. I got uh, Rogo. The your old, uh, you know, what does JJ Reddick do? Anytime he says something wrong with a shot pad, he always goes to the legs. He says his legs, not his arms, his legs, his legs. Since that, only thing I hit his legs. Unconsciously, though. I'm, just because this fascination from a kid that was went to do. Now I'm fascinated. Okay, he does this for his legs. Shit, I got to do it. Fuck it. He doing it. You know? And that's just been my routine. It's just the craziest thing. And we're here now. You know? Like, it's weird as fuck. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, I, 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 I sometimes think about, not just me, but the guys that I've either played with or played against and the unconscious impact they've had on my life and my preparation and my routine. Like Ray Allen got his routine from a guy early on in his career in Milwaukee. He went to Seattle. Richard Lewis saw what Ray was doing. I'm in my second year. I don't have a routine yet. First day in the gym, Back with the team after Labor Day. It's Rashard's first day. I watch him work and I'm like, oh, 
That's how it's got to be, you know? And it wasn't like Richard came over to me and said, hey, man, here's my routine. Here's what I need to do. And then now I've, I've sort of established myself as, 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 as being a certain way in terms of being a professional. Ultimate routine. I'll, and you, I'll say it for you. <laughs> and yeah, you wonder, I do wonder like in 10 years, like who's going who's gonna to say, oh, well, I, I got to play with JJ or I watched JJ before a game do this, this, and this. I'm sure there's guys that are kids now watching you play and the impact you're going to have on them. It's, it's, it's actually surreal to think about it. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I've never thought about it that way. I never even thought I'd be like a, a guy, somebody a routinely watch, you know, like, you know, but I mean, you put it that way, you're absolutely right, though. That's crazy. But it's the beauty of it, though, right? It is. It, it's it's the it's the ability to to like give back to the game, I guess. Without, without, yeah, unconsciously. Yeah, without like intentionally doing it. Right. Yeah. What so was the year? What was the year you guys first met? Pat, when was that? Because that was, <sighs> was I think that it was 08? sophomore year, two thousand oh eight. Yeah, oh eight. Yeah, yeah, we same time. Yeah, Santa was, Monica in L A. Could you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. That's wild. That's wild. I, I wanted so I want to ask you a little bit about your your skill set, which a lot of people don't. First of all, you're you're highly skilled. I'm going to ask you about your how it feels to be underrated in terms of your actual basketball skills. But Steve Clifford once said to me, who's the coach of Orlando Magic, I played for him in five years when he was the assistant with Stan. But he said to, he said to me one time, people don't acknowledge that playing hard. Just the ability to play hard every night is an elite skill, and it can take you a long way. When I think about you, that's one of the first skills that sort of pops into my head. To go against you, you know you're in for a fucking fight that night. You're going to get your best every night. I, 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 so I, I guess I want to just acknowledge that, but I also want to ask how hard is it to do that for 82 games, to do that night after night, to bring that level of intensity? Humbly. Not hard. Not hard. I try to, I try to make myself a weapon, right? I try to make myself a weapon, mind, body, soul. Right? And, and I understand, you know, I, I won't be as fresh every game. I won't feel as good as every game. But my will, my, and, and, my, and this has always been my mindset since I played basketball, my will. Are you willing to go as far as I'm willing to go? And, and there's a lot of people in this league, JJ, I don't, and there's a lot of people, a lot of superstars, a lot of young guys, a lot of middle guys, a variety of range. Well, I personally don't think they're willing to go that far. Are you willing to sit in Ukraine, not around, not around your family, and be happy, be genuinely happy that you're not around it and be okay? Are you willing to do that? Because I've done it. I don't think you're willing to do it. So if not, I'm going to go as far as I can. If it's take 94 feet, fuck it. If we go fucking pass out game five, we both go fucking pass out together on this bitch. Fuck it. You feel me? But I'm going to do what it takes to try to get this dub straight up. And, and that's all it is. That's simple. This pain, this pain that you keep talking about, this pain, I, I'm assuming some of this comes from your childhood, the way you, yeah, of course. you were that's brought up. All that come from. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm guessing it has stuck with you. Stuck the, the with The pain, you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and, and and at first it was, it was I was you know when you you have when you're light right and you have all this creativity and it's like a it's like a it's like a thing of water right and if you don't use it the right way uh, you walk and it falls and it scatters you know and scatters at random places that you probably don't want it to scatter in right 
But as you get older and you're mature when you start, you start to have kids in the family, you learn how to use that water and like create tunnels to direct it in certain places. Right. So now this pain that I have is, it's not just scattering on this homie or this, this girl or this teammate. It's actually scattering into, okay, I'm gonna put it in basketball. I'm gonna put it in God. And however I combine those two and whatever potion I get, I'm gonna use that and put that with my family, you know? And that's been my thing. Did you have people in your life when you were younger, like early twenties who helped guide you to how to figure this out? No. And that's the whole thing with it. No father figures. No, none of that. I'm, I'm my mentor. I met six years ago. I'm 32 now. So it was like, literally like running to wall. Boom. Okay, cool. Not that way. Okay, cool. Go left. Boom. Okay, cool. Not middle, not left. Go right. Okay, cool. I can go right. Okay. Boom. Okay. Can't go that much. Right. You know, it was like yeah. trial and error every single time, every single time. And then when you get to the NBA and you don't have those mentors, it's, it's and JJ, you know, like, it can take you fast if you're not mentally strong, yo. You know, so, and that's been my whole thing, trial and error. But you get hit enough times, you'll learn. Did you have anybody in Houston that looked after you? Um, Trevor, later on in my, my early career. But we had a young team. You know, you're talking about, you know, James Harden, Max, Chandler Parson at the time was Max, Jeremy Lin was Max. You know, I was, that was, that was our team. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was just trying to figure it out early in the career, you know. Did anybody, did anybody come to you early in your career and say, Hey, Pat, if you, if you want to be on the court, these are the things that you're going to have to do. Or did you figure that out intuitively? Uh, Will Bynum. Will Bynum. Um, Chicago guy. Yeah. yeah, He came up to me, uh, when I had like received my first, like my own team, I was a point guard of my own team overseas. And he was like, in order to, in order to be an NBA, you have to show you can run a team. You have to defend like your life depends on it. And I'm like, Okay, cool. That's easy. I can do that. And and that, and that was it. <laughs> do you do you ever feel do you ever feel slighted that your your basketball skill set gets overlooked because of the hustle part, the grit part, the the demeanor part? Do you feel like that because that is I don't mean this in a negative way or like a knock. I don't, I mean it like, because that is so extra, it's so extraordinary relative to our peers that the rest of your game gets overlooked. Yeah. And it's normal, right? It's normal. But my biggest thing is this, right? And it's no discredit to, you know, LeBron and the Kawhis and the Paul Georges and, 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 you know, these Blake Griffins and DeAndre George. Like these are guys that no matter what, over the next thousand years, you're going to see these guys again. You're going to see uh, someone jumping like Blake. It's Zion's doing. You're going to see, you know, you're going to get these guys again, right? But when do you get a guy from the neighborhood Chicago and the six one guy who's storied? And you don't get those. <laughs> those only come like and and. But for some reason, the the perception, you know, it, it becomes tainted when you look at it a certain way but you know like i tell guys all the time i see homies i'm like you know and why you do lebron like that i'm like damn that's crazy like i'm out here with you every single day like no disrespect to lebron but the 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 dialogue should be different like hell yeah you should be doing it that way you know like yeah you see me every day (laughs) like (laughs) you know what i'm saying but that's just how it is i mean this is how it is you know this is how it is do you feel like you've embraced that role of villain? Like you're just totally in tune with it. You've accepted it. You're okay yeah, with it. Yeah, I, I'm cool. I think it helps me actually. It, 
it helps me now. It, I, people see see me coming a mile away. Now it's up to me to, you know, when I get close, it's up to me to do what I need to do now, you know? So, you know, but if you don't talk to me, you assume whatever your assumption is. And you all, we all know that ignorance is not knowing, right? <laughs> you know, so, so I, if I can stay under the radar as long as possible, I'm good. <laughs> can you feel, can you feel, and you obviously don't name names, but like, if there's a guy that's intimidated by you, like, yeah, like a, off the rip. Just like right away, they just like they're off they're the they're not comfortable playing against you. Yeah, off the rip, and I feel it too. Instantly, that's the reason why I do. And people don't understand everything I do is very strategic. I do it. I'm the I'm the captain in the middle half court for a reason. Like I want to see who will come up there, and I'm gonna look you right in your eyes, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I see what's going on. You know, everything I do is strategic. It's just not you know just to be doing shit. <laughs> Tony Allen, also yeah. a Chicago guy. Yeah. Used to do the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> like early in my career, uh, we we're playing, I think it was a playoff game, actually. It was like game one, and he had just checked in, and it was a free throw. And he comes over and he comes up right next to my ear. <sighs> and he just starts breathing like that in my ear. And I'm like, this motherfucker is testing me right now. And you know, we only do that to the people that we respect. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, JD, that's a big compliment. I know if Tony Allen guard you, I'm guarding you. You've been guarded by the best, of the, you know, the best of the, the cream of the crop. Like, you, you done seen everybody. So, you, of course, you know how it is. And, and just like how you feel, shit, we feel the exact same way. What's the scouting report? Who I got tonight, Rex? Who I got tonight, Doc? Ah, uh, we do. I'll put you on JD. Shit. All right, cool. All right, yeah, homies, I'm going to sleep early tonight. Who you got tomorrow? I got JD. Oh, yeah. Go to sleep early, bro. You go. You got need need your wheels tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> the the guy that I think most closely resembles you in terms of this persona or this role on the court is Marcus Smart. Oh. And you guys played them in Staples Center earlier in the year. I think it was an overtime game. Yeah. And it was the last like five minutes of regulation and overtime was basically a dick swinging contest between <laughs> you and Marcus about who could make the most ballsy plays. Like it was insane to watch. So everybody the next day is talking about Kawhi or they're talking about Jason Tatum step back. And I'm like, no, that game was about Marcus and Pat. Yeah. And we felt it, right? You, as a basketball player, it's not about, right? It's not about, uh, I mean, it is about, you know, how many points you could put up. I mean, you know, it's all about that. But it's the, the ultimate thing. Like, you're in a foxhole and it's about winning. How can you impact the game to win, right? And it's it's some guys that I, you know, say, I don't know about Pat, man, I don't know, but he always do something, that, you know? And those are the guys you got to respect. Marcus Smart, for some reason, he's at half court, falling down, holding his ankle, and, you know, they shoot the ball. He comes with offensive rebound, dribbles back up, hits a three. You're like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so it's it's the beauty of it, man. It's really it. it really is. It really is. There, there were uh, multiple games uh, when I was with the Clippers where we would say pregame scouting report, halftime, nearly every fucking huddle. If a sh- if a shot goes up, find Pat Beverly. <laughs> And we get to the fourth quarter, and it'd be that one fucking stop that we needed, and you would get you would get a long rebound, offensive yeah. rebound. Yeah, and I mean, just just you know, just try to you know, 
It's winning plays, though. I'm it's winning plays. Yeah. You know, I'm not gifted to be, you know, and I'm okay with that. You know, that's the thing. Tuck your pride and be okay with that. What's next, right? What's next? Okay, cool. I'm not 6'9". Okay, that's that's obvious. Okay, cool. I can't. I'm not going in there dunking on people like I'm Westbrook. Okay, what's next? What's I'm not shooting half-court shots like I'm JJ or Steph Curry. Like, okay, what's next? What can you do now? Okay, I can do this, though. I can do this really well. Okay, do it. Do it at your best ability. Impact the game, you know? So that's just been the key, right? All right, let's take a quick break and hear from Roman. If you've been dealing with acne, redness, dark spots, or wrinkles, finding treatment that works can be complicated. You need skincare that actually performs, but getting started can be overwhelming. Thankfully, there's a solution. Roman makes it convenient to get customized prescription skincare that really performs. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If appropriate, a doctor will prescribe a custom blended treatment based on your skin type and priorities. You'll receive your custom skincare treatment with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. Go to GetRoman.com slash Redick, R-E-D-I-C-K, to try out a three-month supply of nightly defense for just $5. It's free to chat with the doctor and your first order is just $5. That's GetRoman.com slash Redick. Eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. And now back to our combo with Pat. How much, how much time have you spent really focusing in on your shot, though? Because you've developed into basically a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah, yeah. And you uh, probably weren't that way eight, 10 years ago when you first came out. No. Uh, I mean, you know, repetition. I mean, you know, I mean, if, 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 if I could talk to anyone about a shot, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's about repetition in your body and the mindset, right? I, I shot this shot a million times. I, I, I've lifted. My body's good. I'm, I'm, I'm at a good place right now. I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Like, but it all comes down to repetition, right? That's it. Muscle memory, you know, feet work, 10 toes, just the basics, you know, and a lot of reps of that shit, a lot of times, a lot of minutes and a lot of days through a week. Kind of, you know, and people think it happens overnight. You know, people think that, okay, man, I was in the gym you know, I worked out all summer. You know, no, it might just go up a half a percent, but it's going up, you know, and that next year it might go up another half. Next thing you know, you up, you know, 38, now you 39, five. That's different when you close now. Do you, do you think that your ability, I think your ability to have that long view is actually rare, if I'm being honest, to, to, to not, need and want immediate positive feedback on something you're working on. And I think, I think a lot of guys get discouraged because look, this shit is hard, hard. And you you can work on something for a few months. And if it doesn't pan out right away, scratch it. If you're not mentally strong, you scratch it, you know? And I'm like, nah, you got, sometimes you got to push through that gate. You know, sometimes you got to push through that gate, man. And it might be hard and it might be tough, but that's the beauty of it, the failure of it, right? That's how you grow. Simple as that. I think when I, I came out this, this, you know, during the, um, the pandemic and I'm, I wanted to, you know, stay locked in. So I'm like, okay, homies, what do we do? Like, hey, fuck it. Let's call Kawhi. All right, cool. Call Kawhi. And I'll go down there and work out with him down there in three weeks. It was supposed to be a one-week trip turned to three weeks. The, the repetition of the 
the, the, the same thing. And I thought I was a guy who worked hard. I know I'm a guy who worked hard. When I left there, working hard was, was a very different mindset than when I had, than when I thought I had. And this is, I'm 32. I'm just trying, you know, like I'm 31, 32. Seeing that man work out, working out with that man was a whole different level. Changed my whole life. Changed my whole game. Like, you know, now it's, 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 it's things that, and it's all because, because of repetition. Simple as that, you know, so. He's just, he's just he's just a machine, human machine. <laughs> we were playing them in 2015 in the first round, and again at a free throw. And he had been guard he guarded me most of the series. He switched off onto CP a little bit, but him and Danny were guarding me. Which you know, two of, the two of them are two of the best wing defenders in the world. So a play had happened where him and I had something happened between us, and he was standing next to me at the free throw line. And I, and I kind of just tapped him on the stomach and I've never felt a stronger human being in my life. <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck did I just touch? <laughs> and he knows it too. And that's the funny thing. He knows, he knows exactly who the fuck he is too. Yeah. Man, he's a special. I'm telling you this, but people in this league, man, defenders, offensive guys, I mean, to, you know, to have longevity in this league. It has to be a constant repetition thing, a constant routine thing, constant, like, I have to get better, think long-term, think long-term, think long-term. Oh, I might get hurt tomorrow, though, but, you know, still, you know, it's tough, bro. It really is. But, you know. How important are your teammates in terms of pushing you? You know, my thing is, like, uh, give me the same language I give you, right? So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not the type of teammate that's going to, you know, maybe to a young guy that's gonna come like, hey, yeah, come on, you know, pick it up. You know, I'm I'm not that guy. I'm I'm the guy like, come on, bro, what the fuck, man? Let's roll, knock the fuck in, let's go, come on. So whatever my dialogue is to you, give me exactly the same dialogue back. You know, so I can I can understand like, come on, Pat, pick this shit up. You know, come on, man, I seen you working on your game, man. Show me that shit. Like, you feel? Got you. Say less. You know, and it's not more of a who are you talking to. It's more of a my brother telling me something. Let me shut the fuck up and listen. You know. And yeah. I think a lot of guys don't have that in the league, you know, it's a pride thing, money thing, whatever it is, you know. How, how is the identity between this year's Clippers team and last year's Clippers team been different? And was that an adjustment for you specifically? Because last year I felt like you, it was like a classic Doc Rivers team, right? It was that underdog role, yeah. you guys <laughs> overachieved, everybody like starred in their role. And yeah. then, you know, you, you go get, two of the 10 best players in the world to add to what you've already got. I would assume it was maybe a little difficult at first to, to figure out that identity and for you to have to adjust to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and you, you, you know, everybody like in the beginning, it's very hard buying into Doc Rivers system. You know, it's, it's very hard, especially if you don't know a lot about it, you know, that dynamic of it, the long, the long game. If you don't know the long game from his, and he doesn't tell you the long game. And that's the thing about, it, you know, so, <laughs> so if you don't know the long game in the system, you kind of like, you know, and should I wing it? Should I you know, stay consistent? Should I stay, you know? So once you find the rhythm of it, you know, he always talks about rhythm and pace and the rhythm that doesn't mean super fast, but once you find the rhythm of it, I tell anybody, if you play for Doc Rhythms and, and, and you, and you buy into the system, you will have the best numbers you've ever had as a player and win at the same time at a high level. It's the craziest thing in the world. I don't know how it, it just is. <laughs> it's a two way street though with doc. I feel like the guys 
that buy in and he buys into you and he empowers you, like you can really flourish. Yeah. You can really flourish. And and for me, I mean, I, it was the turning point in my career individually for me was was going and playing for Doc. And, you know, in free agency, you know, I meet with him and I, I'm, I'm deciding between Clippers and, and the Timberwolves. You know, he said to me, I feel like, you know, you're seven years in, but I feel like you've been used wrong in your career. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to use you like I used Ray in Boston. Doc, and he was the first coach that said, "You're a full, you're a full time starter. Hey, we're going to run plays. For, we're going to run ATOs for you." I've never had really ATOs ran for me before. I'm like, you guys, you got CP and Blake, and you're running ATOs for me. So I felt it was the first time really in my career where I felt empowered as a player to be the best version of myself. First time, and you yeah. said that was what year seven. That was year eight. My, my my first year with the Clippers was year eight. Yeah, it took a while. And this this is year eight for me. And last year was year seven for me, you know? And, you know, so like, yeah, I totally understand what you mean. And once you buy in, though, and he give you a little little leash, like you said, a little leash to kind of do your thing and make mistakes, oh, go yeah, to practice yeah. happy you leave, you're in your L.A. life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you just focus on winning, man. It makes it that much fun. The other thing that... that uh that I really enjoyed uh, with Doc was Doc has a, has a, has a keen sense of someone's intent. And so if I was in a slump, I didn't have to worry about, you know, benching me or, or running less plays for me because Doc knew what my intent was. He knew my intent was trying to win. He saw me work every day. He acknowledged my work every day. It was another f- phenomenon phenomenon when I was in LA. Like I never got fucked up by shooting slumps because yeah. I knew I knew, and I would go to him sometimes. There's two seasons I started off kind of slow, and I would go to him and I'd just be like, "Yo, man, I'll, I'll make some shots." He's like, and what? he would look at me and be like, "I'm not you worried about you, up, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not worried about you." Um, so just to hear that 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 feedback from him, man, was it was huge. It was yeah. huge. No, he's a good. No, he's a really great one. No complaints here. What what have you Pat, what have you been surprised about, if anything, about PG and playing with him? It's the way he moves, how smooth he moves and how smooth he like stops. You know, I'm I like to read a ton of shit. I I was reading, I don't know. They said uh, Paul Jordan, like he moves he, he moves the most fluid in the NBA, you know. And, I, and if you watch him a little bit, you'd be like, damn. Yeah, he's he really do like, you know, smooth, like easy breaks when he stops, you know, real fundamental right to left when he pick up going right, you know, left and left to right when he pick up going right. Like, you know, and a lot of people don't do that. So just the smooth part of it. Even, even the way he shoots the ball. Yeah. It's, it's just, it looks effortless. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm actually jealous of it. It's crazy. Yeah. The crazy thing about, I think him and Kawhi that kind of gets overlooked is how tight those guys handles are. So they're, so they're already big. They're already great shooters. And they both have just incredible dribble moves. It's yeah. it's it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I'm fortunate to play with both of them. Yeah, <laughs> I want to I want to hit you back on the one one other thing about the about the defense. So Let's do it. And I sent you this question before we we got on. But when you're preparing to guard a certain player or preparing for a certain team. How much are you relying on scouting report and watching film versus relying on your own instincts? The team scouting report is is a, is a quick hitter from when I walk in, of course. You know, maybe some things I probably forgot. 
I get two child reports, one from my, you know, a guy who does my body, one from, my, you know, the guys who does my skill. But before then, I'm watching, you know, the last three games on, on TV. And I'm looking at body language. When I'm watching, I'm watching the game as a fan, but I'm also looking at body language. I'm also looking at, okay, he just missed a couple. What is his body language? Because I got him tomorrow, you know. And, and sometimes it's different. I might get a guy, I don't know, who went 11 for 15. So I know if I went 11 for 15, you know, <laughs> I know I feel coming in the next game. So I have to prepare like, okay, cool. He might be feeling real good. So if I hit his ass off the stop, I mean, I can shut that shit off quick. I might be having Dane. You know, Dane, he went through a, the two scoring slumps. It's pretty unlikely he go through three, you know, cool. So now him, I'm going to try to, from the get-go, I'm get on his ass from the get-go, make it, it's going to be a long day. And I adjust my sky reports based on that. You know, so I think it's so important that you actually watch NBA basketball. Yeah, every game. Like I have league pass. We all get league pass for free. Yeah. We free. all get it for free. free. <laughs> and it amazes me. I don't want to knock the young guys because I've knocked the young guys on the fucking pod before and I got heat for it. But it's amazing how many guys don't actually watch NBA basketball. Like I I I'll watch six games every night. Yeah. Not That's even good, the teams. I, I I just want to know what's going on. I want to know, I want to get a feel for how teams are playing. Um, and it's so funny that you mentioned body language because if I'm preparing for a team, like I actually want to know, like, do these guys like each other? What is their, what is their breaking point? Yes. What is the dynamic between these, these two players that we need to sort of exploit? I, I see an opening. I have to take advantage. Yeah. And it's not personal. I'm here trying to win a game. It's the game inside yeah. the game, inside the game, inside the game that we have to play. Right. We'll be, we'll be at the free throw line. The guy will turn to one of us and he'll he'll say something about one of his teammates. I'll be like, yeah. oh, next time we get to the huddle, hey, these motherfuckers don't want to play together. <laughs> Let's go. They ain't trying to win. This isn't winning basketball. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, though. You're absolutely right, bro. You're absolutely right. I mean, and, and when it comes to the film thing, I'm I'm kind of happy you told me that. I mean, man, you're going to be in the NBA for about 20, 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need the game. Means. It's the, the game is my drug, man. The game, the game is my needs drug. us too. What do you What do you guys think with these games coming up with no fans and everything like that? How that's going to change things like the body language? You'll be. I think you'll be able to tell a little bit faster. I'll tell you that. You know, guy missed a couple shots. You hear, <clears throat> you know, sounds you haven't heard before. You know, so wait. Did Did Rick Carlisle come out yesterday? I feel like I read something. Rick Car Carlisle came out yesterday and said that there's going to be like noises in the background, like home game noises. They were talking or something. about that. They were talking about like yeah. pumping in crowd noise, but I don't know. Who knows how that's even going to work? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whatever works. Whatever they decide. Let's roll. What do you feel? Did you did you read the thing about them uh, doing a two second delay because guys were talking shit? Yeah, I they were did trying. Read that. They yeah. were trying to get them to stop. Uh... <laughs> I, did read that. I mean, they're gonna be paying somebody a lot of money to do that. Then I tell you that. Yep. <laughs> I think the ref, the ref player interaction is going to be fascinating because that's, that's the stuff you cannot, you can't really hear that. And you can't turn in, it in, off. A, in an arena <laughs> but with no fans in there. It's going to be front and center. Yeah. You can't. And, and as a player, you know, you can't really turn it off. This guy like, no, I got hit. Like, no, I, I got fucking hit. Like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. I got hit. Yeah. You know? So like, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's just going to be fun, man. I, I was, uh, we were scrimmaging the other day and one of our assistant coaches was intentionally, uh, making or not making horrible calls. And I berated him a little bit 
and it, it caused our team. I basically got a technical foul, and we we all had to run six six <laughs> six lengths of the court. What? And the whole time, the whole time I'm running, I'm just like fucking Joey Crawford, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get my. It's shit not about you. Off. It's not about you. So Love now it. imagine that happening, which it will in an NBA game with no fans while oh, we're yeah. in Disney. It's gonna be wild for, for sure. Wild. For sure. And bleeping it out, putting a Mickey Mouse sound in, in front of it. Some shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's, who's the, who's the guy you go against that you feel like, all right, this is going to be a challenge tonight. Like who's, who's the guy? I think uh, we all have that one guy. I say, dang, I'll give it to him. You know, he's, he's, a, Dame is one of the reasons why I went in the rape room. And, and, and I, and I told my, my guy's like, hey, I got to get fast lateral. I don't feel like I'm fast. I can't keep up, you know, with the speed right now. I don't know if I need to lose weight. I don't know if I need to get strong. I don't know if I need to hire a new fucking team, but I need to get fucking fast. I have you guys break that down, you know? And so we worked on a whole bunch. And, you know, prime example last year, ISO play, game winner. I get a stop on all that hard work for that one play, <laughs> you know? You know, for that one, one play, you know? But, hey, fuck it. Like five years ago, when Steph won those back-to-back MVPs and the Warriors were unbelievable, I feel like there was like chatter about Dame being Steph Light, right? Not a poor man Steph because he was way better than that, but Steph Light. I don't think you can make that argument now. Like Dame is his own his own problem. He is his own problem. He and is, he's, a, in a, and he's in a system where. They allow him to be exactly who he is in order for them to win at a high level. You know, so like those half court shots are like, you know, for me, that's, you know, layups and corner shots for me, you know, for half court shots for him, though. You know, so like the dynamic is very different when you're going out there preparing for a player like that. Way different. You know, my guy, my guy was always D Wade. I, he was the one guy. Really? But that you, I, know, you guard, you guarded a lot of people, though. People don't, people don't. Like people oh, forget about that. When when we played y'all in the, I think you were you were hurt, right? Hurt. We played y'all in fifteen. James. I guarded James for seven games. It was Straight. wild. It was wild. Um, and people forget about that. Back in the day, back in the day, but 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 preparing preparing for D Wade was was always a huge challenge. Why? His drive away was the best drive away I've ever seen. So on the left wing, when he gave you that right jab and a pick and roll, and then took you to the baseline on the left side. He's either going to draw a foul or he's going to beat you. His shot fake. So the tendency, and, and because he's D-Wade, you're giving him a little bit of a cushion. And his exploitation of that cushion was to shot fake and draw you closer. And he gets that call. And, then the, the and then the third part, and obviously he's fast and he's great in pick and rolls and all that. And he's drawing fouls. But in the third part, he's, he's to me like one of the best cutters ever. And so understanding where he was going to be off the ball and his tendencies of how he was going to cut. Because I don't know if you remember this. You remember with, with when they had him and LeBron, when they would run that slot cut. Underneath the basket, dribble, slot cut, dive. Slot cut, dive. <laughs> and as the, as, the, as the weak side guy, you're not taught to be in a position to guard that. You're taught to do the opposite. You're, tar- you're taught to corner. fan out to the corner. Yep. <laughs> and they just exploited that over and over and over. And so, you know, just the awareness on that. I just felt like there was a lot that went into a, a game of having to check D Wade. And even if I wasn't the primary defender, I knew I was going to, I was going to have 
you know, multiple possessions throughout the game where I was going to guard him. Kobe was different because I felt like you could play great D on Kobe and it didn't matter. Didn't matter. It's up to him. It's up to him. He was going to make or he was going to miss. Yes. One or the other. And, and whatever he did, I don't care how the new school looked at it or how it, it might seem basic. It might seem original. It might seem at times slow. It was nothing you could do to block this man's shot. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care how many pump fakes he gives you. None of that. Take it. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, this this guy would sh- would get stuck in a position, give you three shot fakes. You'd stay on, down man. on all three shot fakes. Come and on, then man. he'd shoot a left-handed turnaround. Come, come on, man. In a fourth quarter with 17 seconds left. Come on, man. Like, come on, yo. Like, no one's doing that. No one. Do you feel like Kobe doesn't get like doesn't get enough credit in the goat conversation? Does he belong in the goat conversation? Yes, he does. Game changer. Game changer. He's and, and he might not get like when have you when, when it comes to drive, determination, working on your craft, right? After Michael Jordan, who was it? but no one likes to say it for some reason. I don't know why, but like Kobe taught people how to work hard. Like he taught you how to work hard. Like he gave you the blueprint of like what you should do to be a successful basketball player and work hard. Like, like the, the blueprint and people, I don't know. They tend to forget about it for some odd reason. I don't know why. I think the thing that you're talking about that I appreciate the most about him is just the maniacal, maniacal pursuit of excellence. And it wasn't anyone else driving him to do that it was all self-motivation it was maniacal to be able to do that for what what he 18 years 19 years however long he played is is crazy it's so nasty how do you and and i was going to ask you about this too because you know going back to just your skill set and and being the villain and going out there every night like the 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 mental part of that the mental motivation to sort of not let your guard down. Is that a challenge? Even, even I'll give you another example. You know, you, you, you mentioned the pain of growing up, the pain of, of, of poverty. And you signed a huge deal last, last summer. Was that, was that deal, you know, affirmation of all the work or was the deal motivation to do more? Motivation to do way more. It's okay. I got the key. And I, and I feel like I'm entering a, a new a new self of mine. Okay, sign a three year deal. How perfect can you be in preparation and routine for the next three years? And if so, if you did that, what do you think it could take? I don't know. Fuck it, let's try. See, maybe I'll stay right at forty million. Fuck it, that's pretty dope too. You know, <laughs> maybe I won't. You know, so that's that's just always been my mindset. How can we become better, team? Good season. How can we become better? Is it small details? Okay, let's go work out with Kawhi. Okay, cool. Okay, let's work out with Paul George. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Cool. Can we get better? We can. How? How? Let's find a way. And that's been my whole thing. Let's get better, 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 better. And just see where it takes us. Pat, this is one of the best trip podcasts we've ever done, I think. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, man. I'm just like, I want to take it all in. <laughs> No, well, because man, I think you know, I'm curious. As as I mean, I guess told me this shit. I was like, hell yeah. Hell I guess yeah. I guess one of my things, and I mean, you know, we have a lot of we talked about this before, but we have a lot of uh, kids who listen to the show. You know, like kids and coaches and stuff like that. 
And I feel like you, if not like the ultimate inspiration for them, you're in the top three or four. No, I appreciate that. Thank you, bro. You're somebody who is everything we've talked about on the show already with your, your growth and your, and how you got here and everything like that. And so I guess like if, like if for, for kids, like listening at home, like, what do you tell them? Like, what's the, not what's the secret because there's a lot of things to make this like, but like, what do they, what do they do right now to get themselves better? Faith, whatever your faith is and hard work. That's it. It's a combination. It's cereal, milk, peanut butter, and jelly. It's, it's real easy. It might sound, it might sound so simple and so basic and yeah, sure. Faith and hard work, but I'm telling you, having faith in yourself, something stronger than you and going out there and just working hard. I'm talking about, when I say hard, like I'm about to die, get up, work even harder. You know, I'm talking about that type of shit, you know, that you can't sleep at night, that type of like, man, I got to work that type of shit, you know, hard work and faith, man. You know, the, that's the one that's of the, the one other thing, the one other thing we forgot to talk about is Chicago mm. in general. So what do you think? Obviously Chicago's had a million great players forever that have come from there. What do you think the city had uh, from a basketball standpoint? What impact did it have on you? I think the city from a, from a standpoint of like survival, right? You have to survive in that city. Now you put basketball into, into like a, a, a survivor mode. Now it's with this ball, I have to survive by any means, right? And then you take that small, whatever, potion or concept, right? And you, you, you nurture it, you put, place water on it. it, it grows to be in the NBA. Now you get this guy who's from the NBA with the survival like uh, mentality with this basketball. Now it's like, I want him as a teammate because this motherfucker go run through every wall in the world. He would die with this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's when you get to meet, you know, you know, different people like that. But that's how, that's how it usually starts. Uh, Pat, I I told you this at the beginning, but I just I fucking love the way you're wired. Thanks I for being that, open man. and candid with us. The last thing is yesterday or two days ago, as as we had finished up our fifth day of scrimmages, <laughs> and I looked at the calendar. And I was like, oh, man, we got 17 more fucking days till we actually play a game. (laughs) I think I'm not going to look at a calendar, man. This is crazy. This is crazy. We still got 14 more days till we really hoop. Yeah, man. I mean, it's part of it, right? Yeah. Grind away. Grind away. I love it. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for your time, bro. You're awesome. Thank you for taking the time. Anything, you guys. Thank you so much. All right. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Tommy and I greatly appreciate it. Thanks again to our guest, Patrick Beverly, just an outstanding individual and an amazing guy, amazing player. Uh, Really enjoyed that. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.